Hello, welcome back to How About That Crypto. You are watching your news and updates with Bitcoin Stylist, and I am here to keep you updated on all the latest in crypto and Web3. So today's news and updates is really all about one thing, the Ethereum merge. Yes, we've been talking about it for a while. I haven't really talked about it a whole lot on the channel, but I'm sure a lot of you, if you've been paying attention to the space, you have heard a lot about this coming up. So I just wanted to do a uh, video where I give you all what I think to be the most important things to know about what's coming up for the Ethereum merge. Uh, some of you have asked me some questions I would like to answer. So before we get into it, please like, subscribe, comment, please share this video, make sure this gets out. It helps support me, helps support the channel, and make sure this information gets out. If you have any questions, any comments, I'd love to hear from you. It's really important that I do. All right. So what I did was I did some research and I'm just going to pull up a few pieces. I got a video I would like to play to get this conversation started. And then I'm going to go through um, all the points that are important to know. And then I'll answer the question of what happens to my NFTs on Ethereum when there is uh, this fork and there's two, two new Ethereums. Uh, like, remember, we have Ethereum Classic forked and and then Ethereum was created that we know, which is the main main thing, but it left over Ethereum Classic, which is also a proof of work chain. So anyway, uh, we might see another Ethereum coin. It looks like it's going to be ETH POW as in proof of work, not prisoner of war. And we will see this, uh, see what happens. OK, so let's just dive right in. I'm going to share my screen. And uh, you can listen up or use links below to follow along. All right. And... Okay. So if you're watching on YouTube, you can see this. And if you're listening on podcasts, what I pulled up here is ethereum.org. And it's uh, the under the merge. It's an upgrade called the merge. And it says, soon the current... Ethereum mainnet will merge with the beacon chain proof of stake system. This will mark the end of proof of work Ethereum and the full transition to proof of stake. This sets the stage for future scaling upgrades, including sharding. The merge will reduce Ethereum's energy consumption by 99.95%. So just real quick, a proof of work means that there are these machines that are processing these complex mathematical equations. The more people on the network trying to verify and validate transactions, the more intense the energy is required because the mathematical equations become more intense and harder to solve. Now, some people think this is ridiculous, but this is literally the way we figured out how to move money and value across the internet. And But there are many other ways, but this was the way that was designed by Satoshi Nakamoto, who created, the Bit, who created Bitcoin. And uh, if you want more information on uh, why that's important and how big of a deal proof of work mining is, then you can check out the links below underneath of Gary Gensler's uh, blockchain and money lectures. He taught a class at MIT. He goes into some of the nitty gritty so you can really understand the value of this proof of work chain. Now, as time goes on, we create. there's been more consensus protocols to secure the network, verify transactions, make sure no one else is double, no one is double spending. No one is creating false transactions. There aren't 
there aren't dollars being or Ethereum or any other coins being spent multiple times in a row anywhere else on the internet. Okay, so let's just dive right in. I got this little video here that I'm going to play for you. And uh, it's about, I think it's uh, 90 seconds or two minutes. Here you go. The main purpose of the merge is to transition Ethereum from its current proof-of-work consensus mechanism to the proof-of-stake model. In short, in the proof-of-work or POW model, the network is secured by miners who have to purchase and run the mining hardware. In this model, the miners consume electricity in exchange for block issuance and a portion of transaction fees. In the proof-of-stake or POS model, the network is secured by validators who have to stake ETH in order to validate the network. In this model, the validators don't consume much electricity. The transition to POS aims at making Ethereum more energy efficient, more secure, and lays the groundwork for enabling more scalability with sharding later on. The move to POS... So I'm just going to stop the video there. So basically, the merge is moving Ethereum from proof of stake, or POS, to proof of work, or POW. So like they said, it's an energy intensive process to secure the chain, to provide security, as well as validate transactions. And in proof of stake, people put together, put together pools of money uh, to validate transactions. And what the reason why proof of stake is expected to work is because if you participate in, in illegitimate transaction verifications or you try to manipulate the chain you will your your stake will get slashed so you'll lose money if you're a bad actor so they punish bad actors instead of preventing bad actors in proof of work you're preventing bad actors by having this high intensive energy requirement to solve these puzzles and the reason why that is on proof of work is because the lar you need to take over 51% of the entire network and the larger the network gets, the more impossible and non-realistic that is. So they prevent bad actors where proof of stake punishes bad actors. All right. And then there's a big debate over whether or not that's actually more secure or not secure. So that, that, that debate, there's so much content out there for determining what, which one's more secure. And so I'll let you decide on that and we can save that for another day. So I'm just jumping back into this video. This video so far has said proof of work is energy intensive and versus proof of stake, which is not proof of work requires machines and a lot of energy to process intense, difficult mathematical equations and proof of stake requires people to stake, put their, put their tokens up as collateral for the privilege of validating transactions and getting a small fee for doing so but if you are a bad actor you will lose your money okay let's keep going this was one of the big milestones in the original ethereum roadmap and research began before the ethereum network launched instead of transitioning ethereum to pos in one huge and potentially dangerous change the ethereum researchers and developers decided to split it into two steps the first step launching the beacon chain was successfully executed in December 2020. This allowed for creating a separate parallel POS chain that could be tested in production for a period of time without having any direct impact on the already existing POW network that secures hundreds of billions of dollars of economic activity. Another important reason for launching the beacon chain earlier was to give enough time to stakers so the amount of staked ETH can be sufficiently large 
to secure the network at the time of the merge. Okay, so what he said now is uh, that this this merge process has actually been underway and the research started before Ethereum even launched to make this move to proof of stake. But instead of make, trying to make it happen all in one go and risk the network coming down and people not wanting to use it, they're breaking it into two parts. The first part is the beacon chain, and this is the test net. So they're running a ton of transactions. It's been going on for a year and a half. They're running transactions to test this in as many possible ways, as many ways as possible to make sure that there's nothing wrong with it. And the second step is the merge. When making this video, the beacon chain had over 400. Oh, I was sorry. One other thing. So what they also said was interesting is the beacon chain, the first step, which started in December of 2020, there you had the ability to stake your ETH into the test net for a return. Uh, Coinbase was paying just over 3%. I think if you stake directly, you might have gotten a larger percentage and, if and Coinbase takes the rest. But you can stake your coins, but they are locked up until the merge. And even after the merge, there's still a waiting period and there's cascading releases of your coins. So your coins are locked up. However, over that course of a year and a half, enough money was locked up to create what he's about to say is 400,000 validators. So there's a, so much money has been staked because it took so long that they can actually launch the next le next layer once it's ready but launching it earlier could have been bad because there weren't enough enough validators on the chain and uh so then they'd be like the less validators there are the high the the higher risk of it being taken down so let's keep going thousand validators and over 13 million eth actively staking so now he's saying not only there are 400 000 validators but there's 13 million ETH. And I'm going to pull my calculator real quick. 13 million times. It's currently trading around $1,500. That is the million billion. $19.5 billion. I mean, that's crazy. Okay. The merge is the second step in the transition to POS, which merges the consensus layer of the beacon chain with the EVM state of the Ethereum POW chain. More on this later in the video. The transition to POS aims at reducing the power consumption to secure Ethereum by around 99.9. Okay, and well, that's great. All right, so so let's uh let's kind of go in here. There's a picture here. If you're watching YouTube, you can see it. If you're listening on podcasts, this video or this picture is. Uh, it shows proof of work box next to a proof of stake box with an arrow running through it. And it shows that the beacon chain has been running for a while and it's eventually going to go from proof of work and the beacon chain running parallel to all coming merging together to become proof of stake. Hence the term merge. So what do we got? We got proof of work going to proof of stake, reducing the energy, energy, consumption which is a very politically and socially positive thing in a, a lot of parts of the world and 
the staking requires people to put their money up to participate in validating transactions. They get paid a, per, a they get paid the transaction fee relative to how much money they have staked in that pool, that staking pool that is the one that validates the transaction. So each pool is competing for to to validate the transactions, but the transactions are going to be happening faster and faster. And so that means that you're going to need more, more, the more pools, the better, the means the faster transactions. That's how I understand it. Uh, however, it's not that simple and I'll get to that in a second. Okay. So what's, so some of the th things are going to happen with, with the merge, there's something called triple having, which means, which was explained in the, this video is really good. I recommend you checking it out, but how this was explained is because you're not, there's no proof of work, proof of work creates new coins so you get incentivized by transaction fee plus you get a reward for with new coins in proof of work but in proof of stake there's no reward of new coins so you have the same thing as a triple having in bitcoin and bitcoin every so many uh every so many uh what's it called um transactions and every so many blocks there the the rewards get cut in half and so this is supposed to be like triple that, which just basically means because like I'm not a computer scientist, but what it means for me, for me to understand it, it just means that there's going to be less issuance of ETH. And over time, it could become disinflationary, meaning the supply could trend downwards. Uh, now, it's they explain that it's similar to a gas car trying to change out its engine to become an electrical engine but they want to change the engine of the car while it's moving. So that's the Ethereum merge. Imagine trying to change a gas engine into an electrical engine in a car without it stopping. Very difficult, very challenging. A lot of testing needs to go into it. It is possible that this merge does not happen, but it has been delayed like three or four times. So there's a lot of people betting money that it's going to happen. Okay, so they talked about there's two different, two different. Let's see if I can find a picture here. No, I cannot. Okay, so basically there's how they're how they're taking the proof of stake is they're how they're doing the proof of stake is they're separating the execution and the consensus layer the execution layer is is executing the transaction and the consensus layer is verifying that transaction is legitimate for example if i send you a dollar and then some and then i turn around and i try to send someone else the same dollar at the same time that's where the consensus layer steps in be like no robert bitcoin stylus you tried to send that money twice that is an invalid transaction you already sent that money so you have these two separate layers that are being decoupled decoupled and the reason why and one of the benefits of this happening is that they can have a team it's like a hundred developers working on this merge so people can specialize on the execution layer and other people can specialize on the consensus layer which is saying which is one of the arguments for why this could have better security and then it says it's, it's been running. The test line has been running for one and a half years and uh, the end user should not know the difference. 
What the only difference you might notice is there will be should be faster transactions, but not much. They're talking about the difference between 12 and 13 transactions per second or something like that. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it's very small. This is not the merge is just to reduce the energy consumption and start the process for going for scalability. The whole point of this is to scale and meaning that is to accept more transactions, have more people, not get bogged down and slow down because there's congestion on the network, not fees go astronomical. Like I'm sure some of you are, you want to send a hundred bucks. It costs you 80 to send it <laughs> like some crazy stuff like that. So the ultimate goal of this transition is to lower transaction costs and increase transaction speed so it can scale and bring on more people onto the network. However, that's not going to happen overnight. First, there's the merge, which is just merging the test net with the with the sorry, the test net, which is the beacon chain, which they said was what the consensus layer or was it the execution layer. Let's go back real quick. Let's just be correct. 95% through the network at the time of the merge. When making this video, the beacon chain had over 400,000 validators and over 13 million net on the already existing POW network, Ethereum network launched. Here we go. Instead of transitioning Ethereum to POS in one huge and potentially dangerous change, the Ethereum researchers and developers decided to split it into two steps. The first step, launching the beacon chain, was successfully executed in December 2020. This allowed for creating a separate parallel POS chain that could be tested in production for a period of time without having any direct impact on the already existing POW network that secures hundreds of billions of dollars of economic. Okay, so the beacon chain is just a test net. And so, and then the beacon chain, the merge is bringing the proof of work chain and merging it with this beacon chain to create one under the proof of stake consensus protocols so uh, if you're following me let me know leave a comment below if you're confused let me know leave a comment below so basically what you need to know is that this should this will probably not increase transaction speed enough for you to notice but it should increase it a little bit uh there will be no reduction in fees until the next phase the next phases include sharding and rollups which are supposed to increase speed and reduce the fees i'll have to do a whole separate video on sharding and rollups but it's a way to break apart the transactions into smaller pieces so that they can be executed quicker and and done in bigger bulk that's how i understand it but What's important is there are all these steps to increase the scalability of Ethereum. So, and the cool thing is about this, other than the obvious, the reduction in the energy consumption, but the coolest thing about this is that, you know, in order to be a miner in Ethereum or Bitcoin, it's a pretty large startup cost and there's no guarantee that you're going to make your money back. But anyone can join, jump into a staking pool and stake Ethereum and get a piece of the transaction pie. And I think that that's pretty cool. So like you can own a piece of the network by stake locking up your Ethereum and into a staking pool. That's the equivalent of owning some of the of the cable that AT&T laid down. And you own a section and you're like, like a toll, like every time like information passes through that 
through that cable, through that one section, you get you get a tiny little piece, a tiny little payment because you're helping you own it, which means that you have to manage that portion of the cable. You keep it up and up, maintain and keep it secure and you're rewarded for it with a toll. That's very similar to the staking pool. So anybody can be part of it. It's not just going to be for big banks. It's not just going to be for wealthy people. This is going to be for everybody. I think that's pretty cool. So again, Proof of work and proof of stake reduce energy with a promise of increasing transaction speed, reducing fees. And it's being done by running this one and a half year test net to make sure that it's going to work and it's going to merge together to make one chain. There will be most likely a hard fork, which will call, be called the ETH POW coin. And the big question was, you know, what's going to happen to my NFTs? So I got, I pulled up this article. It's titled what the Ethereum merge means for NFTs. And it's on Decrypt. The author is Andrew Hayward. And uh, the subtitle is, Are Your NFTs Safe? What's Up With Duplicate NFTs on Forked Chains? Developers and builders answer these and other questions. The bullet points are, Ethereum is about to execute its long-awaited merge that will dramatically cut down the environmental impact of the network. There may be forked versions of Ethereum, which could cause confusion and lead to scans as duplicated NFT assets enter the market. Basically, if you read this article, it basically says that if and slash when it doesn't sound like it's if it sounds like when the when Ethereum forks and you end up with Ethereum, the normal ETH that you're used to is going to become proof of stake and ETH POW will be the old chain that everything was on. Well, everything was on that chain is still on that chain. So the transaction data is still on ETH POW chain, which means that you should own two NFTs, the same NFT, just on different chains. So what does that mean? But you should still own it. It should still be yours. And I have found nothing to negate that. So it's not like your NFT on ETH POW will be up for sale. Like that'll still be in your wallet. So then what's the problem? And then is there anything that I should worry about? Well, it sounds like there's a ton of confusion to be made, to be had. So let's see. I'm going to find a little thing here. Okay. So it says there's probably nothing to worry about. They're still be in your wallet and should function as usual in marketplaces. But the overall picture is more complicated, primarily due to expected emergence of community led forks of Ethereum. Duplicate NFTs will appear as a result, potentially leading to confusion and scams. So just make sure that you're not confused and you're not victim of scams. You might want to consider putting, oh, by the way, this is not financial advice. <laughs> uh, you might want to put it on a hardware wallet just to keep it safe. Now, it does say that down here, you roll, this is actually a really good article too. I recommend you reading it. But, um, Basically, what it says is that Yuga Labs, who runs Board API Club, CryptoPunks, and a bunch of others, said that they're not going to recognize the IP claims on the ETH POW. So, and OpenSea said the same thing. They're not going to recognize POW, ETH POW, and so did another big NFT collection. So, basically, like, what they're saying is they think will happen is people trying to sell their NFTs on ETH POW, but trying to fool people into thinking they're the original NFTs. 
So as long as you're not buying any NFTs and you're only worried about not losing yours or then you should be a, shouldn't have a problem. But if you're looking at buying NFTs, you need to make sure that you're plugged into the right Ethereum network. And if you're doing it through OpenSea, it looks like you shouldn't have a problem. Now, that doesn't mean that they're all going to be the same. So what do you think about all this? Do you think that this is a good thing or a bad thing? I think that this is just the evolution of the technology. I'm not really getting excited about it. I'm dollar cost averaging. I buy a little every day. And when the price drops significantly, if I have money, then I'll put it in. I'm buying this bad boy all the way through and sacrificing my lunch money. I get intermittent fast. Maybe I'll lose like 20 pounds because I'm too busy putting my money I should be eating into crypto. I don't know. What about you? Tell me what you're doing. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, I think that this is all super exciting, uh, but I also think this is super important, but I think there's a lot of hype around this. I think that if it doesn't work, then that's going to be a problem. I also think that if it gets delayed, you're going to see a lot of price action volatility. Uh, if it goes through as planned, I'm assuming that all those people that have locked up their ETH, they might want to pull it out. But why would you when you are making a return? Because you're going to be in a staking pool making a, making a percentage of transactions. What are you doing? Are you are you staking ETH? Are you going to sell? Are you going to buy? Tell me. Leave a comment below. I'd love to hear from you. Please like, comment, subscribe. It helps support the channel. It doesn't cause you anything. Have a good day. Hoddle on.